0: Oh yeah,
1: <laughs> the meltdown at the edge of the door. You're like, just keep going to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think it's also giving them a little bit of the control in the situation. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that for sensory struggles, that's the biggest thing. There is no control. They, It's like a train wreck coming up and they can't interpret the information. And so it's just, ah, or it might be their own internal information. Like they don't know they have to go to the bathroom mm-hmm. and so they have a lot of um, accidents. And so it's a lack of control. And so if you can give that in the moment in time, so those five minute warnings, three minute warnings, two minute warnings that really can save you. And then there are times where that just doesn't happen. You're like, we got to go now. And then it's, you know, your kid melts and you're frustrated and going, oh, that was a total setup on my part. But we still yes. have to keep moving, guys. So now you have to figure
0: out how to move on. All right, we are here. Welcome, welcome, blissful parents out there. Michelle Abraham, your host today. And I'm so excited. I'm bringing to you an amazing mom today. Her name is Ashley Tolliver. Ashley is the host of Parenting That Kid. And also, you can check her out on her uh, website, parentingthatkid.com. And so excited to bring Ashley. She's actually a nurse and she's from Texas. She is uh, one of those special postpartum and NICU nurses that we have so much love for because they have a tough job. And uh, <laughs> Ashley is You know, I've got a really cool story that I want to share with you and hopefully inspire some things in your home as well today, parents. So welcome, Ashley. Thanks for being here with us. Yay. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. You are welcome. So let's dive right in. So Parenting That Kid, this is a podcast that you started over a year ago. You've had the blog for a little while too. You've developed some really cool products that go along Mm -hmm. with this. So tell us how this all started for you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I am a mama to seven-year-old twins. And when they were about three and a half, almost four, I had two that I could compare against. And I just thought, well, one's doing one thing, one's not doing the other. I know kids each do their own thing at their own time, but just something felt a little off on one of mine, on my my little boy, their boy girl twin, by the way. And um, he was just big in everything he did. His emotions were big. His actions were big. Everything felt huge as it does for most toddlers or young ones, but his was just so over the top. And there were moments of, um, a lot of tears at that point in my Mm -hmm. life. He was physically throwing things. We had to take his door off screaming. It was just really hard. And, um, being a nurse, as you mentioned, I am somebody who's going to research the heck out of something and Mm -hmm. find the answer. I'm just kind of addicted, like, give me more of it. So I did, I just started researching and I thought, why am I researching to keep that information to myself? I can't be the only mom out here struggling like this. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was like two, three o'clock in the morning and I put it on some mom's group on Facebook that I was going to start interviewing professionals to see if it's going to work for our family. And I thought, well, I'll just put it on a podcast and maybe some other mom or parent will go, yes, that's what I needed. I'm going to run with that with my family. After I did that, the next couple of days I had my inbox just overflowing. Tell me when you start this podcast. Mm-hmm. What are you going to t- talk about? And I'm very overwhelmed. like, I don't know. I'm still learning just like you. So that was kind of the beginning of Parenting That Kid podcast. And then mm-hmm. I know some people are more readers and they're not necessarily into podcasts. I thought, well, I can write. I mean, it might not be professional, but I can put what I learn, or what's working in our house and put that as a blog. And so I decided to start blogging along with that to um, just share, just really share information. And I want moms and parents to know you are not the only one going through this, even though sometimes it can feel so lonely, whatever this
0: might be. It just snowballed from there. <laughs> and that's where I am a couple of years later. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I think it's really parents really appreciate about what you're doing. Is like you're you're in the trenches with us. You're you're a mom. You're in it, and you've got one of those kids. I think that you share like so much really valuable information. For the parents, help them. then know that they're not alone, like you said, yeah. and really like just the tips that you give are great. So, what yeah. kind of things have been helping you? What would you say have been like your biggest success over the last few years, as far as things that you've started to see have been working in your household and really have made an improvement?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. So I think the first thing I had to do was figure out kind of what was the underlying cause. And I'm not saying a cause isn't a bad cause, just the underlying issue that's boiling up inside. And when I started parenting that kid, it was really for my son, who was just so much. Um, As my daughter has developed, we've learned a lot or I've learned a lot that um, has taught me about her. And so first off, I started to find out where, the, what was the underlying issue? And so we quickly learned that it was sensory processing disorder for him. He has anxiety like deep in his blood. He also is a, an obsessive compulsive perfectionist on much of the things he does in his life. Not things I want, like not cleaning his room. That's right. That would be too happen. easy. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you can bet that the legals will be in the right order in his room. So um, there was that for him. And then as I was diving in and learning more, I was really discovering a lot about ADHD. And I'm pretty sure that's in my family genetics. <laughs> and so then my daughter, that became very clear what, who, that's who she was and then sensory processing issues as well for her. So mm-hmm. the first thing that really just helped me is learning about different neuro struggles. And uh, this is not a bad thing, right? We mm-hmm. There's dyslexia there, which people wouldn't even know by looking at a person, right? Mm-hmm. Neuro struggles. It's just something that we have neurodiverse brains. I love that. Mm-hmm. And once I found out some information about specific things and I started going, what works for those specific things? Mm-hmm. So for things more like anxiety, I know that time and time management and routine is so key. So we have like a clock at our house. That's just mm-hmm. a dial it. And then it a timer that goes off. And this helps my son not freak out that, oh my gosh, we're late to school when you, know, you have 30 minutes. It's okay. We'll do the 10 minutes for brushing your teeth and eating breakfast or the 10 minutes for the games. And it just, that seemed to help with the anxiety of things, which if you can calm the anxiety down, the other stuff doesn't feel so heavy. So that was one little tip. Um, I think other things that have helped are just talking through things with my kids, whatever the scenario might be. If I say, this is what you is going on with us right now, you sound like you're feeling this way, or you look like you're feeling this way. And whoa, look what's happening all around us now because of that. They kind of process it in their own head, and then they can change their either their output of it or their input of It doesn't always work right away. It might take 30 minutes of talking through all of it, but it does seem to help if they are told this is what's going on. And that gives them the chance to have control over what's coming in or what's going out. So, those are two really big tips I have on that. And then the third would be diet is huge in our house. Not that I'm stingy on, like, don't ever have a cookie. I probably wasn't the first one because I was going to be that perfect parent. <laughs> were we, were we all? <laughs> Yeah, right, right. And then they ate a cookie off the ground. I was like, fine, you have that 10 second rule. <laughs> but diet's been really big too, so that we know in our family if we're going to a birthday party or if it's a Christmas party and they're going to splurge, we absolutely know the rest of the night's not going to be fun. Even the next day or two, right? Our bodies kind of have to go through this detox. So that's been really, really big for both my children, whether it's ADHD, anxiety, sensory struggles Mm -hmm. to monitor.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you've got experience with all of those, <laughs> all of those things that I'm sure having <laughs> twins too, like they're both like both different kids anyways, but also yeah. how they process everything differently. So that's really great advice. I liked how you said that you actually like really learned about what was going to work for each child individually. Mm-hmm. And not Absolutely. just like, oh, this is what I read over here. And this is going to work for everyone kind of Absolutely. situation. <laughs> so that's really yeah. good. I actually know in my house too, with my son, uh the going out the door thing with the transitions, going out the door. So if I like let them know, like, okay, ten minutes before this is what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. And- Seven minutes before, this is what's going to happen in seven minutes, and five minutes before, this is going to happen in five minutes. (laughs) So really, that it's not a surprise, and you don't get that explosive kind of behavior. Then, like when it's a when it's a surprise, or like, what do you mean we're leaving right
1: now? (laughs) Like, oh yeah, (laughs) the meltdown at the edge of the door. You're like, just keep going to the door. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I think it's also giving them a little bit of the control in the situation, Mm -hmm. and um, I think that. For sensory struggles, that's the biggest thing. There is no control. They It's like a train wreck coming up and they can't interpret the information. And so it's just, ah, or it might be their own internal information. Like they don't know they have to go to the bathroom mm-hmm. and so they have a lot of um, accidents. And so it's a lack of control. And so if you can give that in the moment in time, so those five minute warnings, three minute warnings, two minute warnings that really can save you. And then there are times that that just doesn't happen. You're like, we got to go now. And then it's, you know, your kid melts and you're frustrated and going, oh, that was a total setup on my part, but we still have to keep moving guys. So now you have to figure out how to move on.
0: Right. No one's that, and, you know, even if you have the structure and the timers and all the tools to help, there's still those, those oh, yeah. unexpected moments that happen, but oh, yeah. at least at least by having some of those tools, I think that's the real message here is having mm-hmm. some of those tools in place. You mm-hmm. figured out some things that work that can at least minimize, yeah. <laughs> minimize some of the things that will happen if you don't have those in place. You mentioned food, actually. So is there a particular like diet or found certain things that you guys are able to follow or need to follow or not follow?
1: Yeah. So both my children and myself and my husband, when he's at home, he's not good at this when he leaves our house, but we are all gluten-free and dairy-free in this house. In fact, that's something I learned. And now as seven years into their life, it's going, oh my gosh. But I he, my son was colicky as a baby and the mm-hmm. nanny would call me at work. He's just crying and crying. And I'm like, I don't, can't help you there. I'm at work. And so I talked to a naturopath and she said to eliminate dairy and gluten out of my own personal diet so they wouldn't go mm-hmm. through the milk. And within 24 hours of giving him straight up just breast milk without any of that, he was a completely different child. In fact, my mm-hmm. aunt was watching him that day and called me and said, he's not crying today went, Oh my God, it's working. <laughs> so we, so that is huge in our house. And I actually mm-hmm. have done some pretty detailed blood work on my daughter and come to find out she's very sensitive to those two things. Mm-hmm. So we, this whole house is very free and gluten-free. Yeah. I feel better when I am that way and we limit our sugar. But again, I'm not a, I'm not a stingy mom. I don't want them to go to the birthday party and be like, no, you can't touch that. Now I do. I am the mom that will bring alternative options and right. really hope I can yeah. push them that direction. <laughs> But gluten and dairy are just huge, and then we just don't do any artificial sweeteners like Cokes or you know any of that kind
0: of stuff. Yeah, that's so. interesting. We had an allergy test done to my son when he was two, and turned out mm-hmm. but yeah, gluten was a big thing. But for him, it was gluten and potatoes, and so we noticed when we and eliminated potato. those, yeah, then actually, so his his explosiveness was minimized yeah. significantly. So yes. I could tell then, like when he started getting school age, when he'd had something that he wasn't, <laughs> reading, I was like, what Neaky. did you eat in school? today <laughs> yeah but you know and you know going having those alternatives for birthday parties and stuff mm-hmm. were so good uh good mm-hmm. to be able to have those so many parents are so lovely like they would just make the gluten-free mm-hmm. cake or they make oh, it for anyway, the school and I feel so bad that it. it's like oh gosh that's so nice of you but in finding more and more kids these days are do have those sensitivities and so it was easier and as I'm sure you know it was easier when they were younger now as they're getting mm-hmm. older it's a little bit more challenging to keep those the. Yeah. It's challenging for me to keep my son gluten-free because he's yeah. tasting and like we're discovering new mm-hmm. things that taste way better than the gluten-free option. Absolutely. <laughs> so, oh, the um, sneakiness behind trying to get a little bit of gluten in his house. I'm like, guys, calm it down here. <laughs> yeah. And then i like, you can notice in their behavior, like in my son's mm-hmm. behavior difference, as soon as he does have something. So do you have any, have you given any advice for parents that are experiencing that? Or like, have you noticed that? Like, how can you encourage the them to get on board with them feeling better. And like, as well as like, and not just being like, mom, don't eat clean, don't eat clean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: So my first advice would be to only el- eliminate one thing. So start mm-hmm. with just gluten or start with just dairy or like red dye is another one. That's not really good for the body. Yeah. So, because you don't want to eliminate everything, it's not all or nothing. No diet works. You go, mm-hmm. I'm throwing it all in today. So just start with one. And then there are some really good blogs. You can follow out there if you like, lo- I, I'll admit, I don't really like to bake. I like eating my friends' food who bake. And so mm-hmm. I have a lot of friends like that. But there are some great ones out there if you're a baker that you can do that on your own. And there's really good alternatives now. I don't feel mm-hmm. like I have to do so much to work to be gluten-free. I probably yeah. would have even 10 years ago. And now I'm like, oh, we're gonna make banana bread. Well, it's fine. There's a boxed version that's gluten-free. <laughs> and I'm all for the box version.
0: So that I was one of the challenges we had because we had the box versions of a lot of things have potato starch in it.
1: So that was oh, one of the things that oh. we
0: had to like watch out for. But there's definitely some Ooh. good brands out there that don't have don't have the yeah. potato starch in them too. Yeah. So it's, I mean, can you imagine being gluten-free 10 years ago? That's like so much oh, harder. It was, than it I is mean, now. it felt it's easier now than it even was when I was going gluten-free
1: when they were seven years or you know, seven yeah. years ago when they were born. The only other thing that struggles is that we've like certain gluten-free items that we fall in love with, which mm. I think people will mm-hmm. just happen but then we have to go to four different grocery stores. Right. <laughs> so there'll be times where my kids go, Hey, how about the, that bread? I'm like, I'm not gonna going to be gone there this week. You're just going to ask you yeah. dreaming
0: for another week. <laughs> like but I started Am- ordering, ordering stuff on Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh I'm yeah. like, your boards totally, are coming today. <laughs> yeah. We totally do so that with the would, gluten-free cereal too. Yeah, like gluten-free absolutely. cereal online is a lot cheaper too, right? Because gluten-free yeah, not a, it's not that, that it's not, expensive. It's not. And you know, I tell parents that too. So we are very, we're very—we're all organic
1: in my house and I know that's not always possible for everyone. So I would encourage you if you are like trying to go that way, if you're going to go organic, get the things that don't have peels that you can't peel off. So your bananas necessarily don't need to be organic, but if you're going to eat the apple peel, your apples could be. So that's kind of a, a way to kind of balance your budget on trying to do organic yeah. stuff. But that's huge too, only because of all the other stuff that goes into the food that you're putting into your body. And if you're working so hard to eliminate things, Mm-hmm. And then you just kind of eat it with something else that it's just kind of like negates it. So I really encourage people, if you can take the peel off, then make that be your normal traditional food. But if you can't remove the peel, then make that your gluten-free item so that your budget's not shh. And then you learn to find alternatives. I mean, we've this has been years of our working in our house mm-hmm. to get there. It wasn't overnight that we were like, okay, throw it all out, starting over.
0: Right. Yeah. And let's get that the whole, your whole family is on board with it. In our family, we struggle a little bit because we have one gluten-free and everyone else isn't. So I think now in hindsight, mm-hmm. we probably all should have been on board with that because I think as he's getting older, he feels like he's the one that can't have the good stuff. And like, oh, I yeah, yeah. feel like there's a little bit of like, I feel a bit of a mom guilt around that because you know, <laughs> you know oh. we tried not to have those things in front of him. But now he's older. It was easy when he was younger, but now that he's older, it's yeah. a little bit more challenging. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, I think, I mean, goodness, there's so many things you get a mom guilt around. As long yeah. as you're putting in the effort, so I tell every parent, if, if you're putting in the energy and the effort, your kid's going to see that. They're going to see that when they're old, Like my mom tried so hard. She might not have been perfect because nobody is, but she sure gave it the best that she could. And that, I mean, at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to do with our kids. We're not going to be perfect at any of this parenting stuff, but
0: we're the best that we can be for our kids. And that's going to be good enough. Yeah. That's great advice. Now you've created some, or you've found some tools that have been really successful in your home. So let's talk about those. So what are they and how are, how did you kind of come come about these things and Yeah. uh, yeah. And how can people find out more about them?
1: Yeah, so I have an ebook that has 29 days of activities, or you could put them all into one day, divide it up. Sometimes we do the same one three or four times in a row. And these are at-home activities. So you don't have to go out in the world, which (laughs) right now we're kind (laughs) of doing anyway. (laughs) And uh, we're kind of homebodies as it is. My, My son's very scheduled. Everything in our life is very scheduled. And He gets overly stimulated really, really easily, and that's from the meltdowns. So we just naturally are more homebodies with him right now or have been for a while. So these are activities that we do at home that support his both of my children, I should say. Their sensory input and output. It also is supporting their academics. And then it's just fun. There's a lot of fun things too, mm-hmm. things to help with the anxiety, things to help with ADHD. And these are all games. So your kids have no clue that what they're doing is helping them benefit somehow. So we've got chalk games that we go outside and do, we've got bouncing games with our own body where we jump up and down and that's a big sensory thing if they get that joint compression and all their little joints just tons of things blowing bubbles to help with the help you release your breath when you're having or anxiety issues so that's the my ebook and it was so much fun to put it together because it was bringing back memories for all the times yeah. that I played with my kids doing it and then they still want to do it like we haven't done the chop game in a while all right let's go outside play a chop and then the other that I have is a busy band and if you, you don't have busy band it's it's exactly what it is. It's for busy, busy bodies. And Mm -hmm. we have them on all of our chairs. We've got them like tied up outside of my patio. So my kids can use it just to pull and it's giving them that tug that they need for their sensory input. Mm. And it's literally a big old band that's wrapped around the bottom of our chairs that their feet bounce on. And then we use it so many other ways. The busy band is amazing. It has truly been um, a savior in my house because if my son needs that extra output, that's what I grab. and I go for.
0: No, I love that. Cause yeah. like then they can be bouncing their feet without it being hitting the floor or hitting the table yep. or like yeah bunging, absolutely. Bunging everybody else. And at dinner time, if you were to look under my table, you just see these little
1: feet <laughs> or then they're like pushing back against it or whatever, but it really helps too with concentrating. That's huge for ADHD in school. They just, their little bodies want to just move, 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 move. And if you give them a focus point to move, then they can be doing this. And down below the desk, their feet are bouncing. It's just releasing what they need to release, but they're still taking the input in. And so we've got them, like I said, at all the chairs that we're using for our homeschooling
0: life. <laughs> what is are you guys Whatever homeschooling we're doing right still, or are, you, are the kids back in school?
1: It's a what is it a hybrid schedule? So we go Monday, Wednesday, and every other Friday. And oh, I look forward to those days. <laughs> we are not made for homeschooling. We are figuring it out, and we
0: are yeah. leaning into the tools
1: we have. <laughs> but we are social people in the sense of our little pod that we've created in our life. Mm -hmm. And so it's
0: nice to go back to school and get around that. And so do your kids take them to school? They have the bands at school with them when they're at school?
1: I have their own. Yeah. We've got them in everywhere. So they don't take them with them, but they definitely have bands at school.
0: yeah, I keep finding out different things like oh they took it off.
1: I'm like, mmm. <laughs> slingshot, but
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> well that's awesome. That's so great that you yeah. found so much success with these tools. And yeah. now if anyone's interested in getting the tools, where can they find out more information about them? Absolutely. So if you just go into my website,
1: parentingthatkid.com, there's um an entire section there that just talks about tools and support and you can click right there and then you'll see the different options. So with the there's the ebook and then there's the busy band. And my last thing that I did, because I was this past summer with the pandemic and hitting and Amazon was just like coming nonstop all the time. But then Amazon kind of slowed down for us for a while. And I thought, oh my gosh, but what if I need chalk? What if I need bubbles? So we actually put together a box of the things that you might need for the eBooks. It's already pre-put together. So you get the eBook and then you can get the box and it just gets shipped right to you. So you don't have to wait for... Bubbles or the making the jump rope kit that
0: I have, any of these little activity kind of things—it's all right to you, along with the busy band as well. So, yeah, I love it. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. such a great idea, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna use some of your activities for my uh my Girl Guides leader, like Girl Scout leader here in Canada. Yeah. And my sparks—they're they're five and six years old, so they've got lots of energy. Perfect. I think a lot of those yeah. activities would be great for yeah, them. Yeah, perfect. Well. yeah absolutely that's awesome well thank you so much Ashley for being with us today parents out there I hope you can feel Ashley's heart and know that she's like doing the best she can she wants you to do the best you can with your Mm -hmm. kids and know that if you have kids that are that kid that have some issues then there's help out there and there's help out there and to go check out her blog and her podcast she's got some great other tools and resources on there as well so thank you so much Ashley for sharing this time with us Thank you so
1: much. And I just want to reiterate what you said. You know, you are doing the best you can as a parent. This is hard, but you're doing the best you can and use the tools that are at your, there. there's so many tools at your fingertips. Just dive into those and you're going to be great at it.
0: Yeah. And Ashley's done all the hard work of finding them for you and <laughs> 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 putting them together for you. So True. just go check them out. <laughs> Thanks for doing that for us, Ashley. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, parents, <laughs> have a blissful day out there. Thanks everyone.
1: Thank you for listening to the Blissful Parent Podcast. For complete transcriptions of this show, as well as helpful links to resources mentioned in this episode, please visit our website at theblissfulparent.com.